The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. And welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I am Paul John Dykes. Today I'm joined by Colin Watt. We're going to be talking about season two under Ange Postecoglou. It's underway by all intents and purposes, Colin. We played our first game last night. Uh, did you watch the game? Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. Um, I've got to say, it's good to see Celtic back. It's been a long, long time coming. Um, didn't take long before the the goals started to come in and although the the opposition wasn't of the greatest standard it was good to see that everything that we'd worked on last year the high press the quick passing the one touch stuff we've clearly been working on that in pre-season and you can see where some of these players who last year weren't getting some game time got the chance to get the run out yesterday and certainly must have impressed Andrew with that performance especially in the first half Yep, without a doubt, we will be speaking about uh, the youngsters that made an impression. We'll be talking about some of the players, um, like the ones across the strap line in Julian and Johnston, who may have been written off. Do they play a part this season? We'll also be looking at the new signings, as well as some of the players who might see season number two as a fresh start, who were here last season but didn't get going, Colin. We'll be talking about all of that. Um, but we're off. We're off to an absolute flyer. 7 nothing triumph over, as you say. And this is the caveat to everything we talk about today. We appreciate that we weren't up against top-quality opposition in Wiener Victoria over in Austria. I've written Australia here. I've just got Australia in my mind. It wasn't Australia. It was Austria. Um, and what was your main takeaways from the game? You've spoken there about the intensity, the style. We know what Ange is implementing and has implemented at Celtic um, but there really were some takeaways from last night good and bad weren't there? Yeah definitely we looked very sharp 
um, it has to be says. Um, didn't take too long for the, the goals to start coming in. We created a lot of chances. We looked pretty solid at the back. Again, you've got to caveat with the kind of opposition that we were coming up against last night. Um, and we got a, we got to see a lot of the B-team players make that step up. I think when you compare the opposition to what the B-team would have been coming up against last year, it wouldn't have been too dissimilar. Um, so it was good to see how they came up against that, how they stepped up into the, the first team. Rocco Vata took his goal very, very well at the end. Um, and we were saying on Monday who we're looking forward to seeing. And the two players I mentioned were... Mikey Johnson and Albi Nayeti. And after yesterday's performance, it was the good and the ugly, I have to say. I thought Mikey Johnson played very well. He was very confident on the ball, was wanting to take his man on. I think he had maybe three assists and a goal. Um, and the less said about Albi Nayeti, unfortunately, the better. I mean, that was, a, as we said, the standard wasn't great yesterday, but he just looked like someone who was totally short of confidence. And that miss in the second half, that was, that was unbelievable. The thing is, as we were saying before, and we'll, we'll use Brown Warrior's comment as that caveat, we know, uh, obviously, the, the side we were up against were poor, uh, but we will be talking about some of the performances, good and bad. Everyone involved at Celtic has a chance on their hands, says Brown Warrior, but a bit of perspective is needed in regards to opponents and where players are at. And I think we'll see over the, the coming weeks, right up to the uh, the big kickoff on the 31st of July, Colin, the opposition improving, and also the team Celtic put out in the park probably improving as well, because we know... Last night was very much a hybrid of uh, youngsters, fringe players, first-team players, and um, probably no surprise to anybody uh, last night when we seen the lineup. FS coming in on YouTube, a challenge obtaining tickets for the Legia game. Hopefully the club will sort it out soon. Anyone else sharing the frustrations? Uh, see if you can maybe help FS out. I'm not going to that game, Colin, although we will be covering it. It's live on Celtic TV, and we will be covering all the pre-season friendlies. And I think uh, there's plenty to discuss last night. I mean, the the comments are coming in thick and fast. Uh, keep us up to date with what's happening with uh, him down the road. Um, I remember saying, who's who's worse, Morris Johnston or Boris Johnston? I'll tell you what, it's quite hard. It's a hard vote. Maybe we should put it to the YouTube vote. It's a difficult one, that. Um, but yeah, keep us up to date with what's happening in the world of um, politics whilst we're on the Axon Bulletin. Paul McLean, the proof will be when the Champions League squad is announced. Those in it stand a chance, those not... Well, well, it's interesting because, um, as Brown Warrior said before, everybody has a chance on the ranch post at Coglu. I think he proved that last year by um, resurrecting a, a couple of careers, um, mm -hmm. both at Celtic and also I, I include Joe Hart in that because I think Ange was massive in, in resurrecting Joe Hart's career last season as well. About the only player I don't think stands a chance is probably Bolin Golly, who's been left at home, Colin. We've been Sorrow trying. as well. Is he left at home? Yeah, he was left at home too. I think yeah. with Sorrow, um, there's been quite a bit of uh, interest in relation to, to Sorrow. There was chat that he might go in and uh, meet up with, with Neil Lennon over in Cyprus, team up with Neil Lennon over in Cyprus. And also it was Partizan Belgrade were interested mm -hmm. in Sorrow as well. So perhaps he's been left at home to tie up the deal. Um, but yeah, Ball and Golly, I don't think has a future. But let's start off with... Um, We'll bring in Ridiculizer first. Julian is as good as gone. Important goal for Mikey Johnson last night. Didn't see enough of the game to comment on the others. Couldn't get a stream working. Um, was the Celtic TV stream the working for you, Ridiculizer? Because obviously we don't uh, watch any other streams other than the official channel um, on Axon. The Urban Culture 
all listed will be gone out on loan or used sparingly. Well, we will be talking about each individual as we go through this. But before we do that, happy birthday, James Forrest, 31 years of age. Um, and he's going into, please correct me if I'm wrong, his 15th campaign as a Celtic player. I'm sure he'll be um, rewarded with a testimonial throughout the next four seasons that he signed up, signed a new deal last season. Um, what part does he play for you this season, Colin? What is James Forrest's role under Ange in season two? It was interesting watching James Forrest last night because his approach seemed to have changed. Previously, before with Forrest, you'd kind of expect him to take a man on, get to the byline and get a crossover. He seemed to cut in a lot um, last night, and I don't know if that was just the opposition that we're coming up against, if it was a sort of tactic to Vurugidi, um overlapping him, what, whatever it was supposed to be. It was highlighted in commentary as well that Bernabe was playing more of the inverted fullback than what Urugidi was playing last mm. night, so um, it, it could have been a tactic that was played, but um, I was actually impressed with him. He looked sharp. He looked sharper than he did last season, definitely. Uh, looks as if he's been to the gym as well. Looks as if he's bulked up a bit. So it'll be interesting to see if he's over his injuries now. I think his position will probably be as the sort of go-to sub, the sort of Johnny Hayes type, um, where we turn to him after 60, 75 minutes and um, get him to sort of see the game out. I think he'll still contribute quite a few goals this season uh, and quite a few assists. His days of sort of using his pace to get by people are probably long, long past him now. At thirty-one, he's just—he's a young pop, Colin, and he's a young it's, pop. It's, not only it's the injuries, though, Paul. It's not—it's mm. not a sort of wear and tear thing. It's the injuries that he sustained throughout that time. I have a serious concern that Kieran Tierney's career will end up like that as well, mm. because of the well, amount that, of injuries he's point. picked up at such a young age. I mean, you—you you look at it and. There's only so many times you can come back from these injuries. With how much being is that the, the down? player that you wanted to be. Yeah, how much is that down to the fact that they both came in age 17 to the first team, played a lot of games in that period, you know, that the early period where they're still developing physically, Colin, and uh, obviously the high intensity training, the game after game regime uh, of a top-class footballer. And if you're playing for Celtic, you're playing in four tournaments every single season. Um, you know, it's interesting that both players have had a, a similar career trajectory and both are suffering from injury. Yet, yeah, speed was a big part of Jamesy Forrest's game. Does he still have it? Um, that is up for debate. We'll see Paddy Lavery still waiting for us to put 10 past someone. You sit at half-time and it's 6-0 though, Colin, and you think to yourself, there's no way we're going to have a second half the same. You do think that, and no. I don't think it's being negative. It's just, you know, very rarely do you match the first half if you're up 5 or 6-0. When you make five or six changes at half-time as well, it took a bit of time for a lot of the players to bed in and get up to the speed of the game, uh, especially because I don't think that um, the, the opposition made that many changes, so they were kind of already at that level. Um, look, the, the players that played yesterday, there was a lot of players that impressed me. I thought uh, Yusuke Adeguchi in midfield was very, very good. I thought his passing range was outstanding. He was um, very heavily involved in the game and he covered a lot of ground. I thought James McCarthy showed a bit more of what he could actually do as well, showing that experience in midfield. Um, and again, players that we said really got to step up and show whether they're good enough or not. Mikey Johnson, Chris Julian, they all had very impressive performances. It just depends whether they can continue that as we go through the pre-season and the level of opposition increases. 
Yeah, definitely. We're going to run through those players before we look at some other news within the world of Celtic. Johnny Ryan comes in to speak about Chris Julian. And he thought that getting the armband was a bit odd when Joe Hart went off and he's given Chris Julian the armband. You look along that uh, back line last night, Colin, with uh, Osazi Uragidi at right back, left back the new man Bernabe, and then the central de- uh, defensive partnership of uh, Lowell and Chris Julien never played together, obviously. Um, and I'm looking at um, Uragidi, I put him into the, the category of players who, are, although are starting season number two, at Celtic, is it a fresh start? Can they make an impact? We'll come to players like him, McCarthy, Idiguchi, and even Liam Shaw. Where where do they fit in? Who do we keep? Um, but when I'm looking at Chris Julian, we spoke about it last night during the, the match day bulletin calling. And what I said was when I seen the, the Instagram post, and I don't do Instagram as it happens. Uh, we do have a state of mind Instagram, but I don't even know how to use it. And uh, maybe I should. That and TikTok calling, what do you reckon? I'm a two, I'm a two no, for these two no, platforms. Get, no, I'll get you on that. I'll get you on Snapchat as well. <laughs> You're saying we'll get you on get like you I'm the, your granddad get, or something. Get, you know what I mean? Get you with the wee daft da filters and then people will see what your actual hair looks like and know that wig. This is the filters, mate. You should see it in real life. <laughs> right. So when we're looking at the, the situation with, with Julian, I was saying last night to James that, you know, I, I remember the same scenario when John Collins in the 90s, was one of my favourite Celtic players. He was brilliant in a very poor side, uh, John Collins. He was a class act. And I remember under Tommy Burns, he made it clear that he didn't want to play with Celtic. And Tommy came out and he actually said after one of the games where he had left uh, John Collins out, this isn't about John Collins, this is about Celtic Football Club. And, you know, my whole idea about players at that point um, I think changed because the minute you show an unwillingness to represent Celtic Football Club, I do check out, and it's happened mm-hmm. a lot since then. But the 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 Morris, not Boris Johnston situation, was slightly different. Yeah, uh, that was a completely different scenario. But a player who's at the club who doesn't want to play for the club, I remember Collins uh, bringing that home to me. And since then, we've seen it quite a lot of the time. I mean, I'm going to mention Boyata at some point today. Um, he was another one didn't want to play. Um, and sometimes it's a body language, but sometimes they come out and, it, and it's pretty clear. And I think that that post from Julian um, kind of soured my relationship with him in terms of a fan and a player relationship. And I checked out. Um, however, obviously Ange Postacoglu is either playing him because he wants to get him up to fitness so that he can you know, play a, a part this season, Colin, or he's playing him so that he can put him in the shop window um, so that he can move on. on move him on and bring in what I'm sure um, is a target that he has and we'll talk about the fact that Anne spoke about targets after the game so let's have a look about the situation uh, around Chris Julian and his performance last night what do you make of it? I thought he was um, he he was very composed last night I thought he looked good on the ball Um, he certainly guided young Boss and Lowell through the game I thought the two of them were pretty solid at the back Um. And to be perfectly honest, um, if he's going to be part of the squad, we do need to get him up to that sort of level of fitness. We do need to get him so that he can play in uh, games like this. And I know you're saying you're going to speak about Ange's uh, comments post-match, but there was something in that post-match that sort of um, caught my attention. And it was when he was asked about the size of the squad. And Mm. he says, well, we're going to have up to 60 games this season. So... 
the bigger the squad I've got, the better. Um, his words were, I'm pretty comfortable with it. That'll all take care of itself. The ones who see their future elsewhere are looking or are looking for opportunities elsewhere. If that comes along, it comes along. At the moment, whoever is in the squad, I treat them as if they're going to stay in the squad unless they say otherwise. Now, obviously, playing guys like Chris Julian, giving them the armband, I would assume that Ange sees him to continue to be part of the squad going forward, um, which would mean that he would be, I don't know, the third or the fourth choice centre-back behind Cameron Carter-Vickers and Cal Starfelt. I thought Boston Lowell definitely didn't do his, um, didn't do any harm to his odds. I thought he showed that he can make the step up last night. Um, and then obviously you've got Stephen Welsh who's already there. Now, We'll speak about it later, but it did say that Ange was looking to strengthen still in one or two positions. I think if you ask many Celtic fans, they'll say that the central defensive position is probably one of those, with the other one maybe being central defensive mid. So if if Chris Julian wants to try and resurrect the Celtic career, I think Ange is leaving the door open for him to do so and be giving him the armband. He's shown him that if he wants to be part of the team, he's got a place there. It's an interesting scenario um, because nothing would surprise me about this one, Colin. You know, if there was an announcement tomorrow that he'd signed on loan for someone, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. No. But like you no. say there, um, if the player's there and Ange thinks he can be utilised, then he will he will play him. Very few players haven't been given that, that kind of um, freedom and that opportunity by Ange Postacoglu. You only have to look back to the situation with Ryan Christie last year. There was talk that he was going to send a new contract. There was talk he was going to move on. And I believe it was the it was either the St Mirren or the Dundee game. Ryan Christie was given the armband for the final half hour of that game. Mm-hmm. And I think it was shown by Ange that if he wanted this place in the squad, it was definitely there. Ange would have made him one of his, his sort of key players. But Ryan Christie decided his time was to move on. And I don't think Ange had any issues with that, he just accepted it moved on and someone else took his place and I think that's the way it will be with Chris Julian as well, if he wants his spot in the squad that's there, he'll have to work for it just like everybody else but if he wants to leave, the door's open oh, Absolutely um, Paul Cook, afternoon Paul and Colin Hale Hale boys, just to confirm, no Paddy JP has not been sacked uh, JP was away to a festival, you'll know that uh, JP's great passion alongside Celtic is music and he was away not working um, he was away at a festival last week um, he's still having a wee break and he will join us as soon as he's available um, a massive part of the Axon team so I look forward to him coming back on the show but in the meantime Colin you're stepping up to the plate uh, Padraig McFarlane can't believe Julian stole Kenny Satrick yes I mentioned this last night Um if he wasn't that interested, it didn't look like that, did it? When he uh, nipped in in front of um, young Kenny and denied him a hat-trick. By the way, Colin, a hat-trick that I did predict at the beginning of the game. Well, the Nostradamus isn't quite there. He would have scored it if he'd... Um, maybe we could have given you it, but no. Chris Julian, right place, right time. To be fair, Kenny should have scored that. It was, it was a poor header off the post, but um, Julian and just showing them how to put it in the back of the net. Look, we've been speaking about... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. 
Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sort of attacking options from the back line as well about we're not getting that many goals from set pieces from the, the back line. It's something that Chris Julian obviously does offer. He's, he's done that before. Um, obviously, the, the famous one against Lazio. But he does offer that aerial threat. He's a big guy. Um, so it is another thing that if I'm just looking to maybe take uh, advantage of set pieces, then Chris Julian's a guy that can kind of step in and, and help out there as well. So he, he does have a place in the squad, as I say. Um, he has got 12 months left on his deal. We're paying him quite handsomely. So we'd be as well just taking a look at that. So when you're looking um, at last night and the scenario that we currently have in the central defensive uh, area, uh, squad depth was mentioned after the game. So there is no doubt who the partnership is. Carl Starfelt, Cameron Carter-Vickers. And in behind them, you've got Stephen Welsh and Chris Julien. Are you happy going into the new season with that kind of two-tier system? And then you look at the likes of Boston Lawal, who I thought performed really well last night. Obviously caveated by the fact that he wasn't really up against much, but he looked very composed and he did well last night. You've also got another youngster in Dane Murray who's got first-team experience as well, Colin. Are you happy that if that is your your first choice, second choice, third choice, we can go into this new season fairly confidently? I would still like one more. I would like... um... I'd like another experienced centre-half to come in, um, whether that be on a one-year deal, whether it be on a loan deal, whatever it needs to be. I, I just think we need one more in there. Um, Dane Murray's a long way away from being fit. He, he It might be January before we see him, unfortunately, mm. due to that serious injury he picked up. Plus, for me, he is a midfielder who has stepped back into the centre-half position, and we always had this qualm about near beat on doing that, so... Um, I don't think he can kind of include Murray in there. Stephen Welsh is someone who I think could be really doing with a lot of game time this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we bring someone in that Stephen Welsh goes out on loan um, because I think it's not going to help his development just by continuing to be part of the... Um, the training squad, maybe playing the odd game here or there, I think he could really be doing my run of games because he's shown that he can do it, but there is still bits of his game he needs to, ve- to de- develop, and I think he can only do that by getting the game time. So for me, I would kind of look to maybe move him out on loan if we can bring somebody else in. Boston Lowell, I think, will play another season in the B team, um, and if his performances continue to impress, then he could be someone that, if there's an injury picked up, we see him. Um, in and around the first team this year. Like, he was what, uh, Watford's Youth Academy Player of the Year 2019 or something like that. And mm. it does look as if he's a, a big, powerful unit. So um, we'll see how he integrates into the first team throughout the season. Well, I think it will be quite an interesting season for Stephen Welsh if you're looking at um, maybe the age of some of the players we've been talking about. So Lowell is 19, uh, Stephen Welsh 23. So he's at that age, 22, sorry. He's at that age, Colin, like you say, that uh, game time is pivotal to his own development. Uh, The season 
that he broke into the, the squad under Neil Lennon, he was thrown in and it wasn't ideal, the circumstances that he was introduced to the side. Um, well, he, was he, a a, he was brought back yeah. from a loan spell at um, mm. Morton where they'd been playing him at right back. And at yep. the time, I remember, I think Jim Duffy was the manager of Morton and he was surprised to see him being recalled and they were hoping to get him back. It was said that we're going through a bit of a, an injury crisis in defence and he played against Hamilton at... Um, the Fountain of Youth Stadium or whatever it's called now. Um, and Jim Duffy was hoping that after these kind of couple of games, he was going to get him back for the, the second half of the season. But obviously, um, Welsh played well in that game and he was sort of in and around the squad between then and the end of the season. But as I said, when you take a look at it, he's 23, as you say. He's very, he's someone very similar to Mikey Johnson, although Mikey mm. Johnson's been in and around the first-team squad for a number of years. Stephen Welsh is now at that age where he'll want to be playing first-team football regularly. And if he can't get that at Celtic this season, as much as he's a great youth prospect, it would be good to get him out there and get those minutes in, into his legs and into his game because I don't think he's going to improve just by sitting on the bench. No, no, he won't. He does need the games, there's no doubt about it. And I think when he came on in the semi-final against Rangers last year, it showed that he needs game time, Colin, because he, he seemed off it when he came into the action. Mm-hmm. You, you've mentioned Mikey Johnson. He has been the subject of conversation over the last few weeks. Last chance saloon, make or break. We've heard all the cliches. Um, and last night, if he'd certainly approached the game the right way. He made an impression. He scores a goal. He's got some assists under his belt. Uh, someone in the, the chat group, I think it was Kevin, says that um, it's always guaranteed that Mikey Johnson will be playing your pre-season games and then fade away into obscurity at some point during the season. What does the season hold for Mikey Johnson, in, in your opinion? This is a it's a difficult one, as we say. You have to caveat it against the the opposition he was up against last night. But we're speaking on Monday about his one to one sessions that he'd been doing with Sam Wardrop that um, you can see on social media if Paul knows how to go into those. Um, but you can see that part of the stuff that he was working on was taking his man on, getting the shot away. I thought he took his goal very well. His assists were good as well. Um, what will be interesting is to see if that level of performance continues when the opposition level increases so obviously um, Austria-Vienna on Saturday uh, and then you drop down to play someone else on Wednesday, Bannac- I can't remember Bannac-Ostrava. Yeah, it's obviously not at the same level as Austria-Vienna and then obviously the two championship teams that we're coming up against in Norwich and Blackburn so it'll be interesting to see if he continues to keep that place in the squad when the likes of Abada and J- J- Jota come back into play. Um, Johnson, we, we, we talk about breakthroughs. J- Johnson did break through into the team. He was one of those players that you were excited to see, but then he has had opportunities and probably let himself down in the past, especially that uh, one-on-one in the League Cup final the Julian League Cup final. Hmm. Um, he's he's had that opportunity before. A lot of people will say that his time's up, he's he's not going to make it. I've seen a, a comment there saying he's not Celtic class. Look, all I can say is he does try his hardest for Celtic. And whether he can get up to that level or not, I guess only giving him the opportunity will tell. You can tell he does want to play. He's tried to play through, through the injury before. You've got that, obviously, infamous moment at 
McDermott Park where he tried to play on through the injury and Neil Lennon told him where to go. Um, it's just whether he can keep his consistency and I think that's always been the, the, the most infuriating part of Johnston's game. You can see the flashes of him but he's never had a consistent run of games where you said, right, in the last 10 games he scored five goals and had three assists. He's never been in that position. And you could say that of a bad and Jota last year where, okay, they had some poor games, but they went on a consistent run of games as well. And it's that consistency that will keep you in the team and it will keep you getting minutes. Johnson's never really showed that across his Celtic career. He hasn't. And I think, um, you know, quite a few times I've read in the YouTube comments when I come into the studio, um, why do we have Andrew and Axel have all the answers? Uh, and I totally get all that. But we do have uh, an opinion on players and, and the way that we uh, approach particular games. And I don't think at any point, if you were to ask me my predicted lineup since Axel started, that uh, Mikey Johnson would be in it. I can't think of a moment. It might, I mean, there may have been um, the time where there was like 13 players out due to the uh, Dubai debacle. Um, I'm not even sure if he was fit for that game. But, you know, a scenario like that would probably be the only time I would say, yeah, Mickey Johnson's in my team. I just don't think he's ever shown enough um, and certainly has never shown the consistency. And I've, I've suggested time and time again that, you know, I think his career isn't just elsewhere. I think it's out of Scotland. I think you look at the way that Lewis Morgan has developed um, Colin, and I've used him as an example before. And I just think sometimes players need that break. And I know that he's got a decent contract at Celtic, um, but I hope he does uh, turn it around. And of course, the final one who has been written off and who did make an appearance last night, um, Albion Ajeti. The the curious case of Ajeti. Now, I know that uh, strikers particularly, um, it's all about confidence, you know, when it comes to scoring goals, etc., Colin, but we've spoken about scenarios in the past where uh, players are thrown into games that aren't big games or they're not, you know, glamorous ties, but they've got to show the application and the attitude required and a hunger and a passion. It's day one of season two, and I saw none of that from Ayeti last night. No, no, what was your, I didn't I mean, see it. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. 
Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I mean, at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of Celtic fans out there um, who probably have already come to a conclusion about a Yeti and where his future lies and the fact that it's not going to be at Celtic Park. But if you get thrown into a, a game and you have all that experience as an international player. He's had two transfers that have taken him up to probably in the region about £15 million transfer fees. Experienced player who's played in various countries, uh, his club football, Colin. At the very least, as a professional footballer, you should be thinking that I'm going to be an example. So let's look at Julian. I thought he was a good example to Lowell last, last night as his defensive partner. You're looking around yourself if you're a Yeti and you've got a few youngsters around about you, at least be an example to the likes of Rocco Vata and some of the young guys mm. that came on, Dede, for example. He wasn't even that, was he? No. No, and it's, I don't understand it because when you look at it, he, when he came in under Ange last season, um, towards the start of last season obviously he had the performances when he came off the bench against St Mirren he also had that game away uh, against Betis where he played very well it looked as if he was starting to buy in to the Ange philosophy the, the closing down the, um, the the sort of high press, I don't think he's ever been the fittest player or also the quickest player but he did look as if he was buying into it at first mm. and then obviously he had that um, hamstring injury um, which was caused by the fact that he was sort of buying into that philosophy, to be perfectly honest. But since then, the fact that he was never really involved for the latter half of last season and then that performance last night, it, it just seemed as if it was someone who'd already checked out. Um, he had one where he was on the, the left-hand side of the goal and he cut it across and you're thinking... A, a, a semi-decent striker would have put that one away. Then he had a basic open goal a couple of minutes later. Um, it, it wasn't as if he didn't get himself into the game because he had plenty of touches, he had plenty of opportunities. He, he sh- should have scored at least a hat-trick as far as I'm concerned. But he just didn't... <laughs> he, he looked someone very low on confidence and it doesn't add up because... He's still here. He's been given that opportunity. He's been put on to the team to go and show that what he can do. It's as if he just knows that Kyogo and Jackamakis are ahead of him, and that's it. He's, he's sort of checked out and he's given up. But that's no way for a Celtic player to to play. Um, and as you say, that the example should have been set there on that performance last night. Johnny Kenny would get into the Celtic team ahead of Albion Ayeti at the moment. Well, I'll throw it out there. Uh, do you agree with Colin? Who would you pick if it was out of those two players? Um, and you look at the the history, you look at his career to date, um, and it seemed to be going an absolute storm. Obviously, he, he was scoring a lot of goals for Baal, um, or Basel, um, as they were once called, um, which resulted in a massive transfer to West Ham. He, he obviously was in the same team at Basel with uh, El Yunusi. Of course, and mm-hmm. I've just checked his transfer fees. His, his fees have topped over 18 million quid. He's only 25 years of age, Colin. Uh, 11 caps for Switzerland. But um, something has gone wrong since he signed for West Ham. Let's not forget, it's not since he came to Celtic. The, the only reason we were probably able to get him was the fact that he had been a flop at West Ham. Um, he's played 40 competitive games for Celtic and scored nine goals. He has been, uh, for me, um, a monumental 
uh, wasting money for Celtic. And the sooner we move him on, the better, because, you know, better for him as well, Colin. You know, he can move on and start to rebuild his career elsewhere because he will be a big earner, a bit like Julian as well. So we'll tick off Julian and Johnston from the list across the bottom of the screen. The other three players... Um, were amongst a group of youngsters that performed last night and I've got to say I've picked those three out because they were particularly impressive for me I thought Johnny Kenny he showed that willingness that we didn't see in a jetty um, he was tackling back he was working back uh, Colin he was desperate to score his hat-trick you could see that um, Lowell or Lowell I thought was, was very composed like you say I want to see him challenged against better opposition I really do I think um, that'll be very interesting to see him against a, a top top striker and then of course you've got Rocco Vata we've heard so much about him um, you, you look you know, across this week at the the ins and outs at Celtic and you look at the scenario with Dembele and some of the other previous youngsters that we've had at the club it didn't work out for and I'm not saying for a minute it's a kiss of death but it's a cautionary tale for the likes of Vata coming through isn't it what happened at Dembele uh, with Dembele I can see Vata being one of the most sought after youngsters in European football before we know it Colin and it's so important to ensure that his future is at Celtic yeah, definitely. And I think Celtic know that as well. They've obviously tied him down to long-term deals. The same with the Lowell, Kenny, Deddy, Anderson, who played at left-back yesterday, I thought played very well. Um, in fact, he was actually wanted, I think it was around this time last year, by Leeds United, or around the same time that they were um, picking up the, the other centre-half that they got from Celtic. Um, yeah, Leo Held. I think what you've got, though, with Fata is the fact that his dad's here and I think his dad will help keep him grounded because obviously yeah. he's been there, he's done that, he's got the experience um, and he's got someone who he can kind of turn to in these situations. Um, I don't think the likes of Dembele or even um, Islam Farouz or anyone like that had anyone with the experience of, of Rudy Vata around him to help him out so I think his dad will, will really help that. Um, he took his goal very, very well last night. Uh, again, for someone who sort of plays that central midfield, attacking midfield role, he showed a lot of pace to get in behind mm. and he took his goal very well into the top corner. Showed Albina Yeti how to do it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll see a lot of him in the first team this season. I think he... Is he, what, 16? I think he's 17. Only just turns 17. Yeah. I think he'll have another season in the, the B team. Um, and as we were just mentioning earlier on about the likes of um, Tierney and Forrest, yeah, getting into the first team uh, at a young age will help you and maybe have a, a long career at a club. But you've got to be very careful with them as well. You've got to make sure that they don't pick up too many injuries at a young age that could tamper them because he does look a very special talent and I think there will be a lot of interest in him. Um, but with this new sort of philosophy that Andrew's put into the club where the B team and the A team are really just a one big squad and you can fluctuate between the two of them, I mm. think that will maybe help his development massively. Um, and there will come a point where he'll get his opportunity to make a step up with the amount of games we've got this season. And going on that performance last night, I don't think he'll let us down. Well, a couple of things to pick up on from what you're saying there. You mentioned Islam Farouz, and um, 
very intriguing scenario with for us, isn't it? When a player um, of so much, you know, talent and potential doesn't make it, and, and you ask why, and you look at all the different reasons why, and some of the reasons are with the player themselves and their application and attitude, and um, some are are with uh, the circumstances they find themselves in, Colin. And I know that uh, up to a point, John Calhoun was Islam Farouzi's, um agent. And the very first guest that we ever had physically in this studio was John Calhoun. And we did speak off camera. I don't know if we spoke on camera. I would need to watch the interview back about um, Islam Farouzi. Calhoun was also involved in the Raphael Scheidt deal as well at some stage. But... Um, <laughs> The, the the issue that one of the many issues that that faced Islam Farouz was the fact that um, he'd come over from Somalia and obviously there was a huge um, part to play in, in Tommy Burns bringing him over um, so much so that in the tribute game at Celtic Park Farouz makes an appearance for Celtic aged fourteen. Yeah. Um, I remember being at that game and this wee kid's running about and he's 14 years of age. Um, but as soon as you know it, he's away down to Chelsea and Celtic get a development fee for him, etc, etc. But there was the whole dynamic of his family scenario whereby at a very young age he was the father um, figure within the family, Colin, um, over here in Scotland. And uh, you don't know how that affects someone to have that level of responsibility on their shoulders, how that affects their attitude and the way that they approach their, their work. Obviously, it didn't work out for him. Um, you look at the Dembele scenario and you hope that he still has a career because, I mean, the saddest thing about Farouz is he's been out of the game for about two or three years. Uh, mm. He's probably only 25, 26 now. He's been out of the game. Um, but certainly with Rokovac, what we do know is we, we know the background of his dad um, and, and the circumstances around him coming to Celtic whereby he's playing an international game for Albania away to France. And him and a few other players sought asylum. So after, you know, as soon as the final whistle's blown, Colin, he runs up the tunnel, grabs his, his rucksack, and he goes straight to the police station, seeks asylum, um, plays for a couple of clubs in France um, before he comes to Celtic. And he's, it was that hardship, I think, that made him realise that every single moment that he had as a professional footballer was an absolute prisoner. And he speaks about that. He's got such an attitude and, and uh, a view on life. It's refreshing every time you hear him speaking. And, and I'm pretty sure that he is, uh, you know, instilling that kind of attitude and those qualities and values in Rocco and I just think he's one of the guys that every time there's been a step up you look at the international progression of Rocco Vata Colin you know he's playing for the 15s he's scoring for the 15s he moves up to the 17s he's moved up to the 18s he's got a wee throw uh, last night into the, the Celtic first team and he's stepped up every time there's been that challenge he's taken it in his stride and I do hope that he gets some game time so yeah I was impressed with all the youngsters last night uh, the only one I was disappointed not to have seen making an appearance is Toby Oboleyemi but hopefully at some point we do see him making an appearance but the fact we didn't meant that we saw one of our new signings in, in uh, Benjamin Segrist we also saw our new left back Burnaby what did you take from those two appearances last night those two debuts very difficult to say much on Seagrist. Um, I don't think he really. What about the kit? Do. What about the kit then? I mean, the new goalkeeper the, kit. What was your thoughts? The kit has gone down a storm. Um, definitely online last night. A lot of people were saying that they, they really enjoyed it. Um, interestingly, I don't think it's got a release date yet. So right. maybe Celtic weren't anticipating it being as popular as it was. Uh, but again, as I say, uh, Seagrist didn't really have much to do last night. Don't think he had a save to make. Um, 
his distribution, I think it's part of his game he's working on. Don't think it was great. Uh, but again, it's not going to cause any problems and you're up against that level of opposition. So I'm sure Stevie Woods and the team will work on that over the, the rest of the pre-season. I don't think it was part of his game, to be perfectly honest, at Dundee United. Um, but as, if you're coming in to play the, the Celtic system, then that's something they will have to work on. Mm. Burnaby, um, yeah, he, he kind of looked a wee bit um, sh- short at first. He was maybe a wee bit out of position, trying to settle into the um, inverted fullbacks. But as the half grew on, I thought he grew into the game quite a lot as well. Obviously, he put the, the crossover for, was it Johnny Kenny's second goal? Mm. Um, which he took very almost well. Almost scored as well, didn't he? Yeah, he almost scored, got through there, showing his attacking prowess. Um, I think he'll be someone, given a couple of games, that we'll see a bit more out of. I think it was just a, a run out for him last night and getting... Uh, some minutes in the legs and you've seen was it after 45 minutes he comes off for young Anderson so yeah a couple of people saying he needs to work on things but he's moved into a new team barely speaks the language it'll give him a bit of time I think he'll settle in quite well For Stargentinian a lot has been made uh, of that to perform for Celtic will we see Bernabeu at the Bernabeu next season possibly if uh, we can progress through the Champions League and the thing with regards to last night's performance that I found interesting is that he was on the set pieces um, as well so I found that uh, and he was switching um, for the set pieces so loads more to see from the new arrivals and like you say when you look at Segrist he's he's far more used to um, you know shot, shot stopping than having a lot of time on the ball and it might take him a wee while to adapt as well. Um, we'll come back to the, the other kit that was on display for the first time last night as well in the in the home jersey. What about fresh starts for players who were here last season? Um, James McCarthy, Eddie Gucci. Uh, and I've thrown in the two Sheffield Wednesday boys in Osazi and Liam Shaw who made appearances last night. Um, quite frankly, I think one of four will play a part this season, a big part. And I think that one player is Eddie Gucci. Think that's harsh? Yeah. No, I, I think McCarthy may have a, a role to play as well, um, especially with Beaton not being there. I think that sort of position that Beaton would have played last season, I think McCarthy will do that. Um, Eddie Gucci, we've been crying out for a centre, central defensive mid to allow Callum McGregor to move up uh, further forward. And going on that performance last night, if he can continue that level, I think Eddie Gucci could be the player to slot in there. He looked mm. very, very comfortable on the ball. He was always looking for it, making himself available. Um, and you could hear... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. 
the best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He was linking up very well with his, his uh, teammates as well. You could hear them shouting on him, you could hear him shouting on the ball. Um, that was one of the good things about not having any commentary last night. I don't know if that was just me and the um, extremely safe link that I was using to watch the game um, or if it was just uh, an issue with Celtic TV. But being able to hear Harry Kuehl and Ange on the touchline as well, um, you could you could see that there was a lot expected of the players last night. And Adeguchi's, if you looked at his heat map, I think he covered most of the park. He was getting forward. He was very comfortable at the back. Um, he just kind of slotted in really well and obviously playing alongside someone like Hitati and McCarthy, they, they sort of helped him out as well. I thought McCarthy never really put a foot wrong. Um, I thought his play was very good as well. And look, we, we are going to have a lot of games this season and it's about keeping these guys as fit as possible so that if we need the experience, they can step in having those five subs as well. It's going to be vitally important. So, Edeguchi didn't do himself any harm to make that position his own last night. I thought McCarthy showed he could step up and be part of the squad this year. And when you look at the options that we have, one player that isn't part of that that quota that we were talking about because he had a great season last season, um, Hatati. Uh, really looked up for it mm-hmm. as well, Colin. And that's going to lead into one of the conversations we have in relation to the strengthening of the side and everybody you know, that, that's criticising uh, the fact that we've, we've made loan deals permanent and how that doesn't improve your side when it absolutely does improve your side because you know, there's no way the Jota of this season is going to be the same guy that came in last year, it's the same McCartney Vickers. You know, there's circumstances last year that are completely different this time round. And we'll talk about that as well. Um, on your point about hearing the chat, the chat from the sidelines and, and the shouts from the players, thirty-one minutes in, and I'm not sure if it was Ange or Harry Kuehl shouting, "Don't stop!" Uh, you know. And I thought back to the the Jota interview last week when he, he gave the presser, uh, and they were talking about Ange, and he goes, "We never stop." And you just know that's the mantra that has been implemented into the the minds of every player and every member of staff at Celtic from Ange Postacoglu. Uh, what do you think in the, the comment section? Do you think that McCarthy, Idiguchi, Osazi uh, and or Liam Shaw has a big season or a big part to play this season? Let us know your thoughts. We've got Elf and Priest, have Dawson or Robertson travelled with the squad? Colin, I didn't see any images of them. Have you um, any images? Have you any confirmation of those two players no, coming in? No, no idea. No idea. There was a picture of the players that didn't play yesterday sitting on the touchline, uh, but I've not actually looked through it to see if either of the two of them were there. I think Dawson picked up an injury towards the end of last season um, when he was on a good run of form with the B team, so I don't know if he's maybe still recovering a bit from that. Um, Robertson I've not heard from at all. You know what Brian McCabe's saying here, is a Yeti going to get a club, never mind a chance? I think that's... Uh, sometimes the reasons that you, that you play a player like a Yeti and, and Julian calling at this stage is to keep them fit, 
put him in the shop window when you know that clubs might be desperate for a, a centre half or or a striker, and um, you give them as much exposure as you possibly can uh, to push that one that 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 move through. Uh, John Bosas, Idiguchi was great. Anderson at left back impressed. Lavell played himself into the reckoning. Um, absolutely agree with all of that. And Lubo Maestro, nice. All are free to go except Kenny and Vata. Um, and Lavell as well, Lubo, do you think? I would keep him. He looks like a prospect. Joseph McGonagall, Saturday will be a different team totally. I would expect uh, that to be the case. Um, and Elfin Priest is at it. Boris Bolingoli. Surely you can't put Bolingoli in the same category as Boris Elfin. Always forgiven and forgotten by Bolingoli, but yes, we will be moving him on, I'm pretty sure. Um, we've spoken about the goalie strip, Colin. There was quite a lot said about the hoops. We had seen the, the pictures leaked and people were concerned about the stripes on the, on the shoulders. They were concerned about the shading of the green hoops, the, the silver star above the crest. I tell you what, it looked a lot better in person, didn't it? It does. It does look a lot better in person. Um, but I think what added to that was not having the big sponsor in the middle either. Totally I think that, that takes away from it. Um, yeah. And I think if I do pick up the shirt, it'll be a sponsorless version of it. Um, sometimes, I mean, we can go on about the, the idea of having a betting sponsor and um, what we can do to change that. But at the minute, Scottish football is where it's at and uh, it does seem to be that they're, they're getting slowly but surely away from that. But just not having that sponsor on the shirt, it just made it look a bit more classy. Um, and I heard the, the commentators for the, the bit that I did have commentary um, mentioning the fact that uh, they thought they had the retro feel and it was one of the nicest ones they'd seen in a while. It, did, it has split the fan base, especially with those silver um, stripes on the top, but you're not really going to see that. There's the green and white hoops that stand out, especially when you're watching it on TV. And do you know what? See if we go and win the treble this year or go and make a European final or whatever it is, everyone will say it's the best kit they've seen in umpteen years just because it goes down to the success of it. I thought one of the, the first Adidas kits was really nice, but it's one of those ones you don't talk about it because of how bad the season is. Yeah, I know. And, and I remember when uh, under Martin O'Neill, the hoops came out, Umbro, and uh, we... We did something that should never be done, and we split the hoop. So underneath the arm, there was a big white panel, and there was it's a the lot same of controversy. Year as well. Yeah, there was a lot of controversy, Colin, about that. But by the time you win the treble, nobody's interested, and I think no. that, that that's exactly what happens in the preseason when not much is happening. Kit launches are big, and they're points of discussions. But as you say, if you're winning games of football, and it's the green and white hoops it becomes less and less important as the season goes on. I did like the V-neck. It put me in mind of the early 80s uh, with the likes of a fantastic Charlie Nicholas coming through, Paul McStay, all these guys with a nice V-neck. Um, I think the silver stripes look more kind of grey uh, when it's on the actual player. So, yes, just a little point on that one. Let's go back to the comments that were being made at the end of the game by Ange Postecoglou. I've written them here, but I might need a magnifying glass. Uh, I still think there are one or two areas where we need some more uh, robustness in terms of the squad, just some quality and depth. And my, my question is, you've already suggested, but my question is, if it's two areas, what are those two areas? And I think whilst Chris Julian's at the club, centre-half is not one of those areas, Colin, because there's no way we're going to bring someone in whilst he's still at the club. That being the case, what, what do we look at? Do we look at the defensive midfielder, as you suggested? Is the striker 
still something that you would be looking at? Or again, it would be in a similar position because we've got a Yeti there uh, that we wouldn't bring anybody in? Where would you say the two positions are just now? I, I would still say we need a striker, a centre-half and a defensive central midfield player. But I think um, at least two of those positions are going to be hampered by those who are still at the club in Ayeti and Julian. I, I can buy into that. Um, I do think that when it comes to the centre-half position, you still need that one more. I just think you're one or two injuries away from being in a sort of awkward position, um, especially when you're playing guys that maybe haven't played a lot of games together or um, haven't got that partnership. Part of the thing with Cameron and Carter Vickers and Staffelt last year, and a lot of people said that Staffelt grew into this season, I think a lot of that came from the fact that he was playing every week alongside Cameron and Carter Vickers. They got that understanding. Mm. So even if they weren't having the best games having that understanding and knowing where people is, it sort of dug themselves out a hole um, and they went on to have the, the sort of, uh, what was it, the lowest amount of goals conceded uh, last year Yeah, across the league. So as much as people say, well, we could be doing with an improvement in that area, that partnership clearly worked. Whereas I don't know if you were throwing in Stephen Welsh or Chris Julian into that um, or even Boston Lowell. I don't think you would get that same partnership going and just having the extra strength and depth for me is probably what's needed so I would have a fifth centre half in there um, and it means that you've got two for each position plus one cover um, and I think that will help especially when we're getting later into the season as well the, the, the thing you... as well the thing as well Colin as we've mentioned before there are players who may shine this season who are already at the club and, mm-hmm. and that will become known as the pre-season and, and in fact, the competitive games progress. One of those players could well be a Deguchi. Uh, and again, caveat, not very good opposition, but he looked impressive. He could be like, cliched, um, a new signing, you know, once mm-hmm. the game it gets the game time. Um, McCarthy, I'm not so sure. I've been kind of hoping and, and willing that to happen, and I'm not so sure it will happen. And there might be a youngster or two who come to the fore. I mean, Lavo. Uh, in fact, our two guys we've spoken about already. So you you really don't know until the the, the season progresses, a you know down the line a bit further. But it is an interesting one talking about jerseys, BAC, the third kit idea, Australia Gold. All you need to do is when we face Norwich in a couple of weeks, have a look at their home jersey because it is an absolute belter. You seen it, Colin, with the pinstripes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's in it, yeah, yeah. That's for me. That's a classic Celtic away jersey in the making. Uh, just go for that and you won't go wrong. Brown Warrior reminds us that it wasn't the hoops back in 1888 for the first game. It was indeed a white jersey um, with a a green and red crest. Um, Absolutely. Although some of the players were wearing hooped socks, Brown Warrior, I will bring that to your attention. And then we went to the stripes before we went to the hoops. So, yep, you know your history. And um, that Martin O'Neill kit is a classic kit. Kevin Graham Poet knows it absolutely it was a classic kit um, worn by a classic team um, and when you actually get one of the match worn jerseys it's a heavy kit Colin you know mm-hmm. 20 years yeah. ago the way that they manufactured jerseys was complete everything's light right down to the embroidery you know they don't embroider 
the badges because it might add a tiny wee bit more weight to the kit, make the player a, a little bit less aerodynamic. Before we get into the last five minutes of the show, a couple of departures uh, this week in Karamoko Dembele and Ross Duhan. No real surprises um, and for the best for all parties, Colin, do you think uh, either of those players will go on and make a name for themselves? I think Duhan's already impressed at Tranmere, hasn't he? Yeah, I think Duhan's got a bit of a future to him, but I don't think it'll be at any sort of top level. I think he'll have a, a good career and maybe around League One Championship, go on and have a, a good career there. Maybe he'll make a move back up to Scotland one day as well um, for one of the, the Scottish Premiership teams. Karamoko Dembele will be an interesting one to see how he develops in France. Um, I, I think it's good for him to get out there and go into Europe and... Um, just try and make his way. I don't think there'll be as much pressure on him over there as what was probably on him here to come through. And a lot of that comes down to the fact that, as we said, he made his sort of reserve team debut at 13. He was in the first team round about the squad, 16, 17. Everybody saw him as this next up and coming thing. And um, without having that pressure on him over there, maybe he'll go on to have a, a good career. But I think he needs a, a lot of work. Um, again, someone who's been very unfortunate with injuries, and he just needs a bit of game time to to see how that goes. I was I was actually surprised that we got rid of Duhan um, this window. Obviously, we gave him the extension, but that was just to get the fee from uh, Tranmere for him. I thought he yeah. might be in around the Champions League squad because of the the homegrown rule, just to get the players in. Um, you need, I think it's. Eight homegrown players to get a twenty-five man squad. So uh, when that comes round, it'll be interesting to see who makes up the numbers. So we've got two goalies out on loan in Hazard and Barkas. Colin, we've got four goalkeepers. The three who were involved last night, plus Scott Bain. That's the way we're going to run with it. Bain's going nowhere, is he? No, no, he'll definitely be needed for the the Champions League squad. Um, mm. Absolutely. Uh, Hazard, speaking of Champions League, played for HJK Helsinki in the Champions League qualifiers last night. I didn't actually see how they got on. Qualifiers, um, what are they? You know, we'd, we'd I know that, this is usually about the time where um, <laughs> we would be playing the qualifiers, so to not be involved is a, a good thing. Uh, but yeah, he was in, involved in the Champions League qualifiers last night, so um, I'll need to find out how they got on. They won 1 0, so kept a clean sheet. Well done. Fair play, full international for uh, Ireland as well. John Boy, 1888, PJ, would you consider doing a bulletin on the possibility on expanding the main stand, not back again for season ticket? be good to see some comments. We could certainly run it as one of the topics, Colin. I think it's, it's one of the things that when we seen the, the phoenix rising from the ashes of the old Celtic Park, uh, I mean, it looked absolutely stunning. When you when you think back to those early days, the first season back at Paradise, and um, but now we look at it and we think it would be great if it was all level. You know, it would be fantastic. And that main stand, that you know, that was constructed. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody in the comments? 1972, I think it was. It was during the nine in a row era that that was built. Obviously, there's been a new fascia added in the centenary season. But yeah, it does look. Um, out of place now and you also think about the demand when when Celtic are successful Colin people say oh you couldn't fill it out every week I bet you could still sell your quota of season tickets though because people want to have, you know, invest in the club they want the big games they want to guarantee their, their seat for the big games as well so yes the average attendance um, for 
games against Motherwell and Ross County, yeah, you could probably struggle to to sell them out. We, we probably struggle to sell them out now. I mean, we count every season ticket and you look around the stadium, you know that there's a lot of empty seats. But there is a demand and there's a demand for European games. There's a, a demand for, for derby games, Colin. Um, but I, I think this has been brought up a few times in the fans' forums and the club just doesn't think that financially it's viable, do they? I, I believe that the last fans' forum... They discussed it and they said it was on the back burner at the minute with the focus being on the, the hotel uh, <laughs> the hotel and the, the museum, um, which we've seen no real progress on either. Um, look, I, I'm sceptical about the whole thing. I think it would aesthetically look very nice um, if you had the four all around the same. I don't know what it would increase the capacity up to. Um but I was there not that long ago and at times we had one of the stands covered with a, a sheet um, under Ronnie Dyler. So we are, as football fans, very fickle. And there's obviously been the boom in season ticket sales since um, since Ronnie Dyler departed, um, since Brendan Rodgers took over. Well, nearly took a whole hour without mentioning him. Um, since we had the sort of nine in a row and these the success, and you just wonder that. I, I mean, I, I don't think it will be any time soon, but there's every chance that Celtic could go through another not so successful period. And I don't think even the Ronnie Dyler era was unsuccessful because we did win trophies during that as well. But mm. what's to say that there isn't going to be a period where we go back to those sort of attendances of 30, 40,000 to each game. And then what? Then you're left with an even bigger stadium that's lying half empty. I mean, it's very, again, supply and demand. If the supply, if the demand's there, then you could say, yeah, it could go to an 80,000 seater. And as you said, when it comes round to the big games against um, Rangers or the European games, then it will sell out. But when you look at the cost of what it's going to take to get to that level, it is a risk that Celtic will need to look at, but it's going to be a long-term project. It's not going to be something that will be done in the next five years, I think. It could be something we're still talking about, not even started in five years from now. I look at that, um, what you were saying there about, and I totally get that, I remember the banners uh, in the top tier, and I remember a lot of Europa League games calling where the top tier wasn't, I don't even think it was available. Um, it wasn't, mind selling no. out. And, the, the situation under Ronnie was a wee bit different, though, because, you know, we didn't have the Glasgow Derby, for one, um, which you love it or loathe it. Uh, it's uh, it's obviously a big pull. Um, I mean, you think back to the February game there, where it was uh, exclusively uh, Celtic fans in the stadium. You, c- you could have sold 80, 90, 100,000. You could have, right? Um, and also under Ronnie, I just never thought we, we got anywhere near being... Not even a force, um, but you know, when it comes to the European campaigns, they were just failures. So I think there was two things working against us, and yet it resulted in that lack of momentum, um, and and uh, you know the top tier being closed and the banners um, being across the seats. And I hated the, the the look of that. But then, as you say, you you have that um, that burst of Brendan Rodgers. You have that same kind of momentum that we've got the now under Ange Postecoglou. We had that uh, under Martin O'Neill as well. But it, it does, there's peaks and, and there's dips because I don't think we had that same excitement under Tony Mowbray. 
Um, even with the, the, the Champions League endeavours of Gordon Strachan, there was a huge amount of fans who weren't fans of his football and his style. Um, and I think that if you're looking at the landscape and you think, well, you know, for the next, if there's a five-year plan, and I don't know what the club's five-year plan is, and that five-year plan is to, to be at the top table year in, year out when it comes to Champions League progression and being in the groups, Colin, I think they could make a case for it. You know, they could make a financial viability case for for increasing it. I'd love to see it. And I think it also, um, at any point, if that discussion comes up about playing your football elsewhere, um, it would definitely, you know, if, if you were to play um, on a bigger stage um, elsewhere outside of Scottish football, then you would be selling out a bigger stadium. There's no doubt about it. And Will McMillan, yes, it's not out yet. That was a bit of a... <laughs> A contradiction. Um, I've been yep. getting asked that question for a wee while now because obviously it's taken me seven years to get that book done. Um, but there is a release date, and I think it's the 22nd of October. You can pre order it on Amazon and it will be coming out. Absolutely. 100% that will be coming out this year. There is no doubt about it. I've seen it. I've seen the PDF proof. It's happening. The, the paper has been ordered. It's going to happen, Will. Trust me. And then. I can rest easy until the next project comes up. It's been an absolutely intriguing discussion as always. Thanks everybody for getting involved, for subscribing to the channel, for liking the videos. That's what you do. That's how you help Axon to thrive. Join us on the social media. Get onto axon.net and register your details and uh, we'll keep in touch. Um, and we don't stop. We never do stop. Colin Watt, thank you very much for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details it's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. Network.